Well, I'm, I'm excited to share a message with you from Luke chapter 15. I've entitled it Welcome because the story that we're about to look at is meant just to show us that, that you are welcome. And I'd like us to start with this short video. Let's watch. You ever get tired of your just boring day-to-day life? I do. I should say I did. Then I decided to do something about it. You see, conventional wisdom says you live your life, you grow up, your parents die, they leave an inheritance for you. That wasn't working for me. I wanted to enjoy that inheritance now, so I decided to do something about it. So one day, I walked straight up to my dad, looked him square in the eye, and I said, Dad, I want what's coming to me right now. That's what my youngest son said to me. At that moment, all I could think of was, I'd like to give what's coming to him right now. But he's my son, and I love him. And as much as it put an ache in my heart, I gave him the money, and I told him that he could go search for a life on his own. Not long after that, he packed his bags, and the next thing I knew, (laughs) I was out of there. I had a whole world to see, right? So the first thing I did was, he got lost. My son, I love him, but he's no Magellan. I heard he had to ask for directions at least four times before he even made it out of our hometown. That's not true, okay? Well, it was three times, and one of them doesn't count, okay? Because this guy that was given directions, I didn't even understand the things he was saying, and besides that, the only reason I'm not good with directions is somebody never took the time to teach me. Ah, uh, don't, don't go there. It, it, it doesn't matter, okay? The important thing was, I was out of there. And I was living the life. I had, I had more friends than I knew what to do with. I was eating like a king. I had the finest clothes. And the ladies, <laughs> what can I say about the ladies? How about we not say anything about the ladies? Fine, fine, forget them. Still, the friends, the food, the clothes, it was, it was great. Until my son's money ran out around the same time the country hit a recession. It was bad, really bad. I'd squandered everything my dad had given me and uh, I, there wasn't any work to be found. I was about to give up and then I, uh, Oh, I found a job. Uh, it was a job as a manager. Okay, it was an assistant to the manager. Fine. I was a I was a bacon preparation assistant. A bacon preparation assistant, and um, which means I took care of pigs. It was bad. It was really bad. I mean, I had a job, but I wasn't really making any money. I didn't have anywhere to live, anything to eat. I was hungry. There were some days that I was was so hungry, I gladly would have eaten the slop that I was feeding those pigs. So it was was hunger pains, a constant reminder of how I'd squandered my life away. I, I lived in agony day day after day after day I would watch and I would wait and my heart would ache as only a heart can from a parent to a child but hear me on this 
I never once gave up on him. I never once gave up on my child. I believed that he would return. I knew that he would come back one day. One day it hit me. One day I, I realized my dad's lowliest worker was living like a king compared to me. So I had an idea. What if, uh, what if he doesn't come back to me? What if he doesn't come to his senses? What if I never see him again? Again and again, these thoughts kept running through my mind. As I began my journey back to my father's house, I, I knew what I would do. See, I would go up to him and, and I would humbly just ask him for a job. I, I couldn't expect him to take me back as a son, but maybe he would give me a job, just maybe. Maybe today will be the day. That was the thought that always ran through my mind. Maybe today will be the day that I will be sitting on my porch and I will look out in the distance and I will see my child making his way back home. <laughs> I didn't know what that word meant until I would lost it. Now, I couldn't believe I was just a few hundred yards away from it. It was a beautiful day. I was sitting there on the porch, just enjoying the cool breeze. And that's when I saw him. He was sitting on the porch and um, he stood up. He, he looked in my direction and he squinted his eyes to kind of get a better look at me. I, I wondered what he was thinking. I wondered if he would take me back. I wondered if he would just look at me and say, I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. Some of you would never believe me, but I knew that he would come back home. I just knew it. I knew this was a bad idea. I, I knew he was going to be angry with me. I, what was I thinking? Every step closer I got to the house, the more I knew I'd done the wrong thing. And so I just I stopped. He just stood there. I, I couldn't move. I couldn't just stand there, so I... He jumped. My dad jumped off the porch. And then he, he started to run. I'd never seen him run so fast. He, he, he was like... He was like this kid who was excited about something. And then... And then I realized he was excited about me. So you know what I did? You know what I did next? I ran. I ran. My heart was pounding so fast, I just had to get to him. He was running at me with his arms stretched out as if to say, welcome home. Welcome home, welcome home. He was so far off, I just had to get to him, so I just kept running as fast as I could. I, all I wanted to do was just scoop him up in my arms like when he was a little boy, just to let him know that everything was gonna be okay. And as I got closer to him, I could see tears in his eyes. My dad was... <laughs> my dad was crying. Tears of joy. And you know what my boy did next? He jumped. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I, I jumped right into my dad's arms and you know what he did? Well, I fell backwards. He, he's a big boy. And then... 
He held me. He held me like only a father could. I just kept saying to him over and over again, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't deserve to be called your son. My son. My son is home. Get him some clean clothes. Get him some shoes for his feet. Let's prepare a meal. No. No. Let's prepare a feast. For my son will no longer live as an orphan. Today we will celebrate. For all my hopes have come true. I guess so. I guess it was hope. Hope that kept me going all those days. Hope that my father would show me mercy. Hope that somehow he would take me back and that I could be forgiven. Forgiven. It is all forgiven. It is forgotten. And I will never bring it up again. There is no anger, there is no shame, there is no blame. All that's left is just pure joy. For my child was lost, and now he's found. Many of us, many of us have a mat that sits by our front door, in front of our front door, and that map might be a picture or a scene, but the most popular map just has one word on it. What is the word? Welcome. Welcome. It's such a simple word, but it has profound significance in our lives. It means this is a home that loves you, that wants the best for you, that accepts you just the way you are, a home that believes in you even when you don't believe in yourself. A family that accepts you as a son or a daughter. See, welcome mats are helpful in the front of our houses. They communicate a very important message. But there's another symbol that communicates that you are welcome, and it's the cross. The cross is like a giant welcome sign. <laughs> The cross and the empty tomb communicate what God has wanted you to know all of your life. You are welcome. You're welcome to have relationship with me. You're welcome in my family. I've prepared a home for you. We call it heaven. You're welcome there. See, the cross and the empty tomb tell everyone you are welcome. Welcome. Now, it's important. This is very important. And I think today, maybe this message is, is more important than anything else for us to feel welcome because we live in a camp, cancel culture, don't we? That if you've done anything wrong in your past, it cancels everything about your present and your future. Have you noticed that happening in our culture today? If you've done one thing wrong in your past, it cancels everything about you. And you must be blackballed from society. God never does that. You are always welcome. No matter, no matter how much you've lost, you can be found. No matter what you've done, you are welcome. 
If you're disillusioned or disappointed by Christianity, you're welcome. If you're spiritually unresolved and you're just trying to figure this Jesus God thing out, you're welcome. Easter is the greatest reminder that everyone is welcome all the time. Now, one time when Jesus was teaching, he told three stories. And he told these three stories one after the other. Three stories all in a row, all about the same concept. Because he wanted us to understand something extremely important. The first story was about a lost sheep. And how this sheep left the the group of sheep and just went off on its own and got lost. And so the shepherd went out and found it. And when the shepherd found that sheep, it got, the shepherd got super excited because he found his lost sheep. The second story was about a lost coin or, or lost money. And m- maybe this would, be, would hit us a little bit more in our day and age and in our time in life. Have you ever lost some money before? Ladies, have you ever like tore through your purse? Just, where is that $100 bill? Tear apart everything in your house. Uh, Kate and I do a, a system where we have our, all of our cash in an envelope. It helps us stay on budget, right? One time we lost that cash envelope. And guess what we did? We tore the house apart till we found that envelope. And when we found it, guess what we said? Woohoo! Yes, we eat this week. When something is lost and it's found, it's really exciting. And the last story that Jesus told was a story of a lost son. A son who thought he knew everything and left his home, only to discover. Life was a lot harder than he thought. That story is found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. And it's meant to remind us of something very, very important. I want to read that section of Scripture to you the way Jesus taught it. Very similar to the video that we just watched. But here's what Jesus said. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and and hired himself out as a citizen of that country, who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. 
The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the barbecue. We need to start the ribs right now. I know I've paraphrased, but isn't that what he said? Bring the fattened calf. We know what we like. Let's get some ribs. Let's get some tri-tip. Let's get some brisket going. Come on, guys. Let's go. Let's celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Jesus told stories all the time. And he told stories to communicate some of the most important things about God, about him, and about us. And this story is a great reminder that you are welcome. Always. Now all of us are like the younger son, aren't we? We've all gone astray. We've all thought things like the younger son. A lot of us have done things like the younger son. But, but we, we've all been there. We're all in the same boat in that situation. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? That's true for all of us. And we often think things like, I'm smarter than my father. I remember thinking that when I was 16, most of us did, right? Between the ages of 16 and 42. We thought, I'm smarter than my father. We thought, my way of living is better than my father's way. And what we were thinking in our head is things like, my dad's rules are lame. I don't want rules. I want to be free. My dad thinks he knows right from wrong, but I, I really do. I, I know right from wrong, and I, I know how to figure that out, and, and I could do that on my own. We think, my dad just wants me to work, and I just want to play. We often think this one, my dad's generation is just old and out of touch. Just, I mean, he just really doesn't know what he's talking about. How could he possibly know how to live life today? Today is so different than then. <laughs> and it's not really all that different, is it? I mean, I have a phone in my hand, but other than that, life's pretty much the same. There's good things. There's bad things. There's things i got to watch out for. There's things that I should do. It's not all that different. We think things and say things like my identity, how I want to live my life, the philosophies I'm going to choose, they're better than my father's identity. So Playboy is better than the good son. The son thought that he could get a better identity by leaving his home and leaving the purposes and plans of the father and if he did, he could create a new identity for himself and he could discover everything that was missing in his father's house. But what did he really discover? He really discovered there was nothing missing there. In fact, everything I needed and wanted and was important in life was all there all along. I just couldn't see it. Anybody else been there? Don't raise your hand. 
Now, like the sun, we all need to come to our senses. Verse 17 says this, and this is where the story gets really interesting and really important. It says the son came to his senses. He woke up and he acknowledged that his philosophies about life were incorrect. That's what this word means. Now, it's interesting. It gets even better. The word senses is the Greek word autu. For those of you that don't know, the, the Bible was originally written in Greek, not in English. We've translated it to English. And so sometimes it helps for us to find out the, the definition of a Greek word because it brings it more meaning. It gives more clarity and purpose to the scripture. This word autu means to think rationally. To think rationally. Here's what I love. The son begins to think rationally. And his rational thinking led to a new decision. It led to him changing his life in a positive way to get back home. And in his speech that he prepares for his father, we see the, the foundations of his rational thinking. His speech went like this. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Now look at the rational thinking in this speech that he began to think. Because he, he literally had to change the way he thought. The first thing he said was, I have sinned. I'm a sinner. I'm not perfect. I've done things wrong. Now, it's rational to decide that there is right and wrong, and there's things that we have done wrong in our life. That's a perfectly rational thought process. He went on, though. He said, I've sinned against heaven. It's also rational to decide that God is real, and you can't keep running from him. It's rational to think that God will hold us all accountable. Now, this boy probably learned that in his home, but he forgot it in his wild living. But he discovered it again. He remembered, oh, wait a second. And he thought this rational thought that the first person I've offended in my life is God. And then he moved on to his relationships on earth. I've sinned against you, referring to his father. It was also rational for him to notice that his father wasn't so dumb after all. To notice that the godly life his father was trying to provide for him really was a great life. And then the, the last rational thought is rational, but not good. It's rational, but it's not a good thought. His last thought was this, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Now, it's rational for the son to assume 
that things might not be like they were when he left. That things might be different when he goes home. That there might be consequences for his behavior. That's a perfectly rational thought. It may not be a good one because he's thinking less of himself. But it is rational. Now, all of these thoughts were good rational thoughts on the son's part. But I think he was mistaken about his father. About what his father had decided to do or what his father was thinking. See, the decisions of the father were really important. Because the father decided to do several things that we need to notice. The father decided to love. The father decided to love when he was disrespected. The father decided to love when he had been publicly shamed by his son. The father decided to love when he was mistreated. And the father decided to love when he was angry. Now, because hindsight is 2020 and we can read the rest of the story, someone might say, well, the father wasn't loving to give his son a share of the estate, he was irresponsible. Maybe the father was just irresponsible because he knew who his son was. He knew his son was disrespectful. He knew his son would probably just take that money and spend it improperly. So the father wasn't really loving. He was, maybe he was just like more, more like irresponsible. But I disagree. I disagree because what we've discovered from God and what we discover about real love is that real love gives people freedom to choose. See, if the father had said to the son when he came and asked him for part of his estate, no, no, you don't get anything from me unless you stay on the farm and do what I tell you to do. Does that sound very loving? No. That doesn't sound loving either. See, it's not real love. It's not true love to force someone to do what you want them to do. Real love says, okay, you want to try that? You want to try to live outside of my love? Outside of the love that I've provided for you and given you and helped you with your entire life? Okay, I'll let you try that. See, the father said, I love you with his words and with his actions in the hopes that he would choose to come home and he would get to live in the love of the Father all over again. So the Father decided to love. He also decided to accept. And this was probably really hard. He decided to accept the situation even though he didn't like it. Have you ever had to do that? He had to accept the situation you didn't like. I do that all the time when I watch the Niners play football. He accepted his son even though he was making poor choices. He accepted the facts and the father had this hopeful expectation that the son would return home and he would have opportunity to love him all over again. The next decision the father made was to forgive. And this is where the story gets really good. The father chooses to forgive. And there's something really awesome in the story that reveals this in a pretty powerful way to us. Did you notice uh, the son's speech? 
that in the son's speech, the father does something really interesting in the middle of the son's speech. Right in the middle of the son's speech, the father interrupts him. Did you notice that? He planned a speech. He had a speech all planned out, and he was going to say it to his father. Remember, father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. That's the original speech. But the father cut it short. See, when the son got in the presence of the father and he said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Right there, the father said, no. No more. Quick, give me a robe right now. Put it on him. Get a, get a ring for his finger. Hurry up. Let's go. Get him some sandals. I'm afraid he might think another irrational thought if I let him talk one more time. And I cannot let him think one more irrational thought about that identity that is a lie. Because he is my son. And he is welcome here. He is welcome home. Now here's what's interesting. A robe signifies royalty. You're back in the family. And all of your rights and privileges as a son have been restored. A ring signifies authority. A ring in that day meant that you could purchase property, you could purchase goods, you could buy, and you could sell, and you could trade. He once again received authority as a son. And sandals meant identity. You're not a slave. You're not a servant. You're not a hired worker. You are my son. See, slaves and servants and hired workers, they didn't wear sandals. Sons and daughters did. And so the father was completely forgiving and completely restoring the son to his rightful place. And then the father decided to welcome and celebrate. The father says to the son, you are welcome. The father celebrates the return of his son. He celebrates the restoration of the relationship. And he starts it over. Now here's what we need to understand about this story. This story is actually a depiction of God and you. That's what this story is about. This story is about God and me. God and humanity. The Father is like God. God loves, he accepts, he forgives, he welcomes, and he celebrates us. God gives us freedom to live our lives however we want, and he hopes and waits for the day that we will come to our rational senses and believe in him and desire a relationship with him. But he gives us free will. He gives us the freedom to choose. We can live in his love or not. And this is why Easter is so important. This is why Jesus left heaven and came to earth. Today we celebrate this weekend that Jesus showed the love, the acceptance, the forgiveness, and the welcome of God for all of humanity, but specifically for you. For you. The challenge, though, is he had to show that on a cross. 
on a Roman torture device meant to bring about some of the most horrible deaths men have ever done to one another. But it proves the love of God. It shows the love of God. It shows that he is accepting and forgiving and loving to all of us if we will just enter into it. Say yes to him. The son is like us. We all make mistakes. We all go our foolish way. We all choose our own identity instead of his identity. We all think this world will satisfy more than his world. And we all need to return to our God-given identity. Be restored to our relationship with him. And the best part is, when we return, he's there with open arms. I don't think it's an accident that Jesus died with his arms wide open. As if to always say to everyone, you are welcome. I want to give all of us, because I believe Easter is so important, we wanted to give a moment here at the end of our time together to just think about Jesus. To not just hear a message and run out the door, but to be able to meditate, contemplate, and think about the importance of the cross and the resurrection and the life that we can have in Jesus. So we're going to sit quietly for a couple minutes and just listen to this song that the team has prepared. We're going to think about the prodigal son and the welcoming of the father, the celebration that happens when we return, when we run to the father. We're going to think about verses like John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not spiritually die, but will have eternal life. We're going to think about things like that. And I'm going to throw out some questions for you. What would it look like for you to run to the Father today and start a relationship with him if you've never started one before, if you've never said yes to him before, what would it look like for you to start a relationship today? What would it look like for you to run to the Father today and ask for forgiveness and start fresh? Maybe some of you are like the prodigal son where you've just gone astray and you need to come back into relationship and the Father's here to say, I love you, come home. What would it look like for you to run to the Father today and give him your hurt, your pain, your sorrow, whatever it is that's the hardest thing in your life right now to forgive someone for. What would it be like to leave it here today and walk out the door free? What would it look like for you to run towards the Father instead of away from Him? Let's think about those things as well.
Do you remember when you used to play hide-and-seek as a child? And you'd go and you'd find your hiding place. And then that, whoever was it, they'd come and try to find you. And I remember I'd try to find the best spot. And kind of my strategy was, if I could get the person who was it to go past me, right? Then I could get out of my hiding spot and I could make it to base. And I, and I wouldn't lose because that was the motto of my life, never lose. But, but do you remember that feeling like as you're in your hiding place and the closer the person who was it got to you, like you'd get more and more nervous, more and more anxious, more and more worried that they might find you. And maybe they would and maybe they wouldn't and then they'd pass you by and you'd go. That's so much like what we do with God. We play hide and seek with him. And we try to stay in our hiding place and the closer he gets, just like this morning, he's close right now. He's close to you. You might be able to feel him right now. That's the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the closer he gets to you, sometimes the more we try to stay in our hiding place. And I want to encourage you, come out. Come out. He's not going to call you a loser. When you come out of your hiding place, he's going to hug you and love you and kiss you, accept you. And say, you are my son. You are my daughter. I want relationship with you. I want to encourage you. Don't play hide and seek with God. He knows where you're hiding. Would you bow your head with me? I'd just like us to close our eyes for a minute. and Just think about what we've talked about this morning. The story that Jesus told us. And how important it is to remember that you are welcome. There's probably someone here, because there almost always is, that as you've heard the story of how much Jesus loves you and what he's done for you on the cross and the resurrection, you've been thinking about what your rational decision might need to be. So far, you've been living life on your own and doing things your way. And you've come to this realization this rational decision that I can't do that anymore. I need to choose Jesus as my Savior. I need to believe in his death and resurrection. I recognize I'm a sinner and I've tried it my own way and it's not working that way. And it might even be going well that way. You might even say, oh, it's, it's great right now. But eternal life is a serious thing. So is eternal death. And so this morning, I just want to throw the question out there. Would you like to start a relationship with Jesus? For the very first time, you'd like to say, I want to start a relationship with Jesus. You're thinking about that and processing it. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. And I want to give you an opportunity to make that decision this morning. But you might also be here or watching online. And you're thinking... I went to church for a long time but I've kind of gone away 
doing my own thing and I'm going my own direction. And I recognize right now I need to make the right decision and come back into relationship with my Heavenly Father. And so you need to make a rational decision too. And then lastly, there's some that just, you need to, you need to leave your pain here and you need to forgive someone or something. And you recognize that like the Father forgives, you need to forgive. One of the things that's important for us to do is, and I want to help us do this morning, is in that idea of making a rational decision, it's good for us to just make a physical step or to do something physical to help us with that. And so if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, you need to restore a relationship with Jesus, or you need to forgive, you know that's the rational thing you need to do. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand right where you're at. And raising your hand isn't for God to see. He knows your heart. It's for you. It's for you to make a rational decision of saying, this is what I need to do. So raising your hand is saying, I I need to do this. I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to commit to Jesus. I'm going to commit to all that he has for me. I want to be free. I want to be saved. I want to be whole. Thank you for raising your hand. You You can put it down. Would you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you for these that have raised their hand this morning and those that are online and maybe they're raising it right in their front room or wherever they're watching. Maybe you're just watching right right now on your phone somewhere or you will be this week and you're raising your hand. I want you to know that God's welcoming you right now. He's welcoming and celebrating with you right now your rational decision to run to him, to say yes to a relationship with him, to restore a relationship that's been lost, and to forgive. Holy Spirit, would you help us with these things? We we recognize that all of them are difficult to do, and we pray that you would give us the strength and the power to live them out. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I also want to say, if you you made a decision this morning to say yes to Jesus for the very first time, one of the things that's great to do is is to take the next step. And we've provided a next step for you. So if you could take out your phone and text the word, I said yes, to the number 43506 if you made a decision to follow Jesus. Uh, That'll come to us here at church and we would just love to call you and talk to you and be in touch with you and just celebrate your new life in Christ. And so uh, that's awesome. Well, happy Easter. Thanks for coming this morning. It was great to see all of you and some new faces and some old faces. It was great to see you. Always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So do Kate and I. Have a great Easter.